Welcome to Everything 3P. This is Episode 5. Good afternoon. This is David Howell coming at you from Everything 3P. And we're going to do something a little bit different today, so this will probably be tied in a little bit with Howell Associates as well. So I'm sitting here uh, with Maurice, which is my business partner who I brought on two years ago. And what we're going to do today is I thought it'd be good to ask him a few questions because Maurice <laughs> came from completely outside of the way outside, uh, yeah, There's way no outside of the internet uh, space that we're talking about today in the brand protection channel compliance. And I thought it'd be interesting to get his take on the last two and a half years since not only did I bring him into Howland Associates, but I've been blessed to actually have him now as a full-blown partner. So Maurice, thank you for joining us today. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so why don't, why don't you just give that, that kind of that, that, brief background where you came from absolutely this it's interesting because my background was in in uh learning development organizational development those types of things that would move a corporation forward and it was interesting because in that in that time i was able to see leadership at all levels all the way down to the folks getting the job done and it was neat to see where an organization an organization was effective but also where it needed help and where, where it was inhibited, how it impacted negatively and where it was, uh, it was something that was supported. It was amazing the things that could be done. Uh, so anyway, the background again was just essentially helping individuals and, and companies develop. And it's interesting, uh, you know, Maurice and I met, you know, kind of a very roundabout way. <laughs> so did. as everybody knows, Knows David Howell a little bit, you know that I'm an avid, uh, avid, uh, you know, gun aficionado, and uh, Maurice and I met, you know, just very randomly on a a, a gun transaction, just uh, trading a gun for a gun and having some fun with it, and we built up that rapport. This has been years ago now, and yep. and now we move forward. And with his background, and with what I've been trying to do on the channel compliance and some of the brand protection stuff, I just I couldn't. I couldn't not get it out of my head thinking that not only was there a cultural fit with Maurice and I, you know, being friends, you know, same type of mindset, same values, same core values, and then what he could do to bring in. So I brought him in and he started looking at the things we're doing and was extremely intrigued, right? I was incredibly intrigued because there was such a strong correlation behind what I was doing before. And initially when David was speaking about what uh, brand protection channel compliance entailed, it was, it was uh, space talk. It might as well have been space talk. But when he went into some of the things that were happening that made it to where people needed help, it was definitely an organizational thing, and that's what I, was fascinating. I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, we're doing this over, you know, going to lunch once a week, and <laughs> yeah, you know, kind exactly. of talking, and yeah. you know, and, and and you were working for, uh, uh, I think it was AIG, and then Mark or Micron Technologies, and you know, you were looking for a change there as things just you know became more dynamic in your life, and it just kind of really worked out. So what I wanted to do today is, you know, kind of introduce, you know, who Maurice is. And why he's talking about these things now, but more when you came in to Howland Associates, and I started, you know, just won't even call it education because you're you're a smart guy. It was more of opening your eyes up to just what's going on out there. So how do you see? How do you look at brands today? How do you look at products? How do you look at when I talk and I go, hey, you know, uh, you know, X Y Z company just called me, 
your eyes perk up and go, oh my gosh, I worked with this or I did this or I did. I can't believe that they have this problem. What what really changed? I guess changed your life, but but that might be a little over overkill. <laughs> no, yeah, quite frankly, it's a loaded question of what I've seen because I've seen a ton. Um, before, when I looked at e-commerce, it was to, what you taught me was the race to the bottom. I would always look at, oh, look, it's cheap there. I could go try it on at one place, and then I could go to Amazon, Walmart, or wherever it might be and, and buy it, which was awesome for the consumer. But then when I started to see what price that took, it was a little bit different. And I was amazed at what it took to get to that price. I guess that's what really opened my eyes. And even furthermore, when you started showing me counterfeits, Holy moly, that was a whole nother level because I had no idea that it could be uh, it could be a counterfeit and maybe it might not have been, but then there were other dynamics that made it to where it wasn't original, even though it might have been an original product. <laughs> uh, agreed. And when you talk about the counterfeit, I mean, you you spent years, you know, living in New York. Oh, yeah. So your, your counterfeit is more Canal Street. It is Canal Street. I still love Canal Street to this day, but... <laughs> but, but you know, it's funny. You walk down there and they're hanging up their tickets for selling counterfeit and everything. But right. n- how prolific it is online, right? Yes, it is amazingly so. And in, in, in mediums that I would have never have thought... Uh, do so, we even have a, you know, uh, you know, three years or two and a half years of working together, I, do we even have a client that doesn't have a counterfeit problem? There's not one. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not one. And that is from electronics to apparel uh, to, to uh, pet meds. Pet meds. I mean, come on. <laughs> what, uh, it, was, it just blows my mind. And it still does, quite frankly. Having been in the game for the last couple of years, it still blows my mind what's out there. And uh, again, it's just the, the degree to which uh, folks will try to get some funds to do that. Uh, some of them, matter of fact, majority of them are honest. Yep. But just making sure that we're protected. So, Maurice, when you talk about, you know, things are protected, we're trying to protect the brands, you know, you definitely have that new view at a higher level of what a brand is, what it takes. Why don't you talk a little bit about over the last two and a half years or so that, um, thank God you've been taking a lot off my plate. <laughs> what are some wow factors that 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 you've seen? Whether it was the counterfeit or you know Amazon FBA or sending cease and desist letters. Like what we you, we've had such a diverse group of clients. What was yeah. some like? Oh my gosh! And trust me, just everybody listening. When Maurice has those moments, he calls me right away. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's true. And quite frankly, it goes back to all the organizational development stuff. There's disconnects within the organization. Uh, There was one brand that we were speaking to, and they were having a ton of different problems uh, with with the distribution channels and having a lot of uh, unauthorized third parties selling their product. And I was I happened to be uh, speaking with a group of folks, and they didn't know they didn't know who I was. And I I began to speak with a salesman, and they they were actually bragging about who they sold to. And I, I, I started thinking, Oh, was this you... when we were at Outdoor Retailer a couple years yes! ago? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good story. And, and I, I, I was thinking, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to call anyone on it, but I go, I thought this was the uh, people you're trying to shut down. And I was thinking, <laughs> what is going on here? So basically, your feet are into the problem. And... I don't think that the rest of the organization truly understood that, or if 
they did understand that, uh, we're, we're turning a blind eye. That's an assumption. Again, that's just an assumption. But it was the same kind of communication that led to the de demise of, of different groups within organizations or an organization as a whole. And so to see that play out was a direct negation to what they were trying to accomplish. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And, and it's, you know, uh, uh, you and I talked a little bit about this the other day, and I'm going to be working with you to kind of, you know, educate the audience on that organizational development. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking, I remember that you, you do really well by letting people talk and almost dig themselves a hole, but we're really, you're not, you're not saying <laughs> dig a hole. You're more of like, just keep going, you know, and then I'll poke the, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. But that was a sales group, right? Because yeah. when we're at those shows yep. and they ask us to come out there yes. and we do, we used to, you know, the, obviously the pandemic's changed the dynamic of trade shows and conferences, but we used to be asked to go to conferences and we'd be talking with the sales group. And when you're talking to the sales group, it is such a different call. Oh, such a conversation than, than right. legal or the management or directors, which we'll right. be talking on another one. But I remember that. Well, and you know what's interesting, though, too, is having worked in, in different organizations, too, is this, a lot of times the, the sales team gets a bad rap. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes maybe, maybe that is something that is deserved, but a majority of times the ironic thing is it's driven from the top. They have to make certain numbers. Yeah. And once those certain numbers are there, then it's more of a, a gloves are off, everything's, uh, everything's up for grabs. And that's not a healthy type of thing either. Uh, and you know what? A lot of people will look at this as a kumbaya thing, but unless there's, there's a clear channel. So we're trying to clean channels, mm -hmm. right? But internally, there has to be a channel. And if you think about what a channel truly is, it's different parts speaking all the way along so that you get a transmission, right? Mm -hmm. And within an organization, too, if there's a disconnect between what a sales team is being asked to do, if there's a disconnect between R&D, if there's a disconnect between all those little things, all of a sudden, we are in, we are in a mess. We are. Well, why don't why don't you talk a little bit about uh, um, one of one of our favorite clients? It's almost one of our frustrating clients too. Uh, you know, one of the largest tennis shoe manufacturers, and the disconnect between the U.S. entity, the European entity, which ultimately keeps trumping everything. Um, it, it, <laughs> I've had to. It's one of the first clients that I've had to step back right. and hand off to you because of that organizational going. Listen, when they need me on a call and they need me to talk about something, right. bring me in. Until then, it's yours, Maurice. No, and that that is a great point because now you have a, you pull in an, a completely different dynamic. So there is one thing that if it's a domestic company and they're working within the domestic aspects of it, you and this is not just isolated to this one company. There's actually a few companies that we work with that have an international entity, and that brings up a whole different range of dynamics because all of a sudden you have two different cultures working with each other. Well, let's and, let's re, let's let's define that though you, yeah. you, because it's not just a European entity, yeah. European owned. Yes. And that's that's you so when you look at the and I know the four you're probably speaking of, they're technically founded, owned and and yes. high high managed out of the European group and the US is they still got their own president here, they still got yeah. their but it's that dynamic you're speaking to. It is the dynamic. And until that is addressed, the, and again, this is a cop-out answer, but until it truly is addressed so that all the assumptions are on the, temp, uh, the table, 
then that will continue to go and go and go. And that's the unfortunate uh, thing is that if we don't have those necessary discussions that we can start to identify what the key problems are and get everyone on board, it's one of the things that we're going to work with in our own principles. Ironically, there was a, there was a book that was written by a, by a finance expert, Ray Dalio, a lot of you folks will know about, and he, it, the book is called Principles. Uh, and I've always espoused that, that a company has to have principles because it is actually something that they can measure themselves against and hold themselves accountable. What I'm finding is that when there are entities that are outside the country or other, it's a different set of principles. And when those different things meet, chaos ensues. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and I don't use that word very often, as most people know. Right. So when we, when we dive into this and we talk about uh, the way you've been working, the communications, because you've taken such a, a, a key role in, in the brand protection, I'm going to say that right now, we're going to speak exclusively to third-party sellers that are listening yes. today. Yeah. How many, how many would you say emails, physical letters, and phone calls have you had with third-party sellers specifically to that organizational development internally? Have you had over the last two years, or even just this year? This year, thousands, <laughs> and easily. Now, here's the kicker, though, and this is not a slight to any company, but because third-party sellers tend to be more nimble. Mm -hmm. They have a pretty intact organization. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the channels that some of these folks have. It absolutely blows my mind. And they're communicating and, and uh, along the way. Some of them are completely dysfunctional. But because they are so nimble, they actually have to be on the same page. And yeah. there's a lot of learning from each other that could be going on here. I, I, and that's that's it's so important to understand. And we will definitely be diving into a much more granular into organization development, how companies are siloed in the communication. But when you're a third-party seller mm -hmm. and you feel you're buying product legitimately because you know a salesperson yes. who knows a distributor, and then you know they're getting an email followed up with a phone call that thankfully it's you talking to them because I used to be much more stern. <laughs> right. you're, you're, you're a little nicer because you understand the dynamics now. That, that, that these third-party sellers are kind of step back. Yeah. Like, well, why? And you know what? Quite frankly, they have a valid point. They do. Um, when you look at, uh, I, I went through authorized channel. I can't tell you how many communications that I've received saying, I have bought this through an authorized channel. And to protect against that, just because understanding the nature of sales and understanding that they have to meet quotas and so on and so forth, there's a proactive approach that needs to be taken. And they, and they goes, what am I missing here? I'm getting the product. What should I be aware of? I'm going to be selling this on e-commerce. Is there any? Are there any caveats that I should be aware of? Mm -hmm. And doing that, you can really start to dig into the questions, and then also put the onus on the on the uh, the company mm -hmm. itself uh, to take those actions. Uh, and also, then <laughs> you have you have documentation that 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 conversation happened. And and you know what's interesting, and this is what I really want people to listen to. Because of your psychology background, mm -hmm. you're taking a different approach, and it's 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 this so great dynamic that you and I have, you know, with our other employees we have, but also with the brands we're talking to and the third party sellers, that you understand from a psychological standpoint when they receive the letter, yeah. their fists are up, and you're oh, coming yeah. in 
Like, how, how does Maurice come in when you know their fists are up? Well, I'll tell you what. I've I've gotten I've gotten beat up before. There was one dude I, I better I, you than me. Oh my goodness! I mean, he literally lit into me. I've had this on a couple occasions, but just lit into me, and rightly so because I'm coming in from it. I was coming in to smooth over this communication, and it was it was on a cease and desist. And he gave me after I after I uh, uh, just stopped being mad and listened to him. He had a valid point. He didn't know, and he should have known. And so again, it was one of those things that if I didn't have that conversation, there's nothing I could take back to the company or the brand itself. And it's this massive learning experience from from the inception of the product to the time that it comes into the hands of the seller or the distributor. And if you look at those three different areas, the brand, the distributor, and then the third-party seller, if all those are in tight, then you don't run into as many of these problems. And the people that are actually selling it are probably the ones that mean, mean ill harm anyway, right? It's just, or not mean ill harm, but, they're they're trying to buck the system. Oh uh, yeah, and that and that's what's 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 nice about you're bringing this different perspective, and that's what I kind of wanted to educate a little bit of the audience as well as a lot of third parties that we're communicating with. Um, right. You're coming at it more open minded in the in the 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 mindset of the third party seller receiving this. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times they're responding via email, they're calling you based yes. off of a correspondence, yeah. and and you're coming at it with such a, a uppity attitude going. Listen, I know you received the letter, but as we said in other podcasts, it's just to get the communication started. It is to get the communication started. And quite frankly, we've had discussions on this too. Sometimes um, We're toning down some things. Mm-hmm. Instead of a, an immediate cease and desist, sending, hey, what's going on, a letter. <laughs> and that has evoked a lot of great responses too. Uh, and you wouldn't believe some of the people I've, I've spoken with. They are just good, good people, and you just want to do you, you want to do good by them as well. Well, I mean, that's you, you, let's just really, really draw that line here. Yeah. Before I brought you on, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had these conversations with third-party <laughs> sellers. Right. And it's not that I would just bucket them or categorize them all the same. Right. I I wasn't in that mindset. I was more in the mindset that that that. You know, I, I'm military law enforcement, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's here's a hammer, there's a nail, you hit it. And you're sitting here going, well, there's better ways to go about it. And you've approached it from that perspective to really get the conversation started sure. to start. I would have never started everything 3P and have this educational series talking about get all the brands together to, yes. to say, do we have a restricted, do we not have a restricted, like really getting that conversation started. And because you've changed my mindset and had me look at things still very much as a brand protection person, but also let's get a better understanding of the sure. entire. Yep. I'm looking at the marketplace from one perspective. You're like, oh, we got to step back and yep. even look at a bigger. Oh, we do. And the nice thing too is once that happened, there, I, there's actually a few times that the brand has actually taken on these options these sellers as authorized third-party sellers mm-hmm. because they saw, holy moly, you got a great distribution channel. You, I know that you folks are going to stand behind it with a great degree of integrity. And it's been very fulfilling. <laughs> I, well, and, and we'll kind of end it on that, but it's very, very, very true. Every third-party seller that should be listening today should understand your goal is to get to a level of authorized, to get a direct 
a line of product that you can maintain to sell long term, not just short term, That's not it. just the traditional retail arbitrager that I got my hand on 20, I'm going to make money. <laughs> what do I do next? No, get that good flow of, of product. We yes. can help with that at least start bridging the gap, right? It's a business decision. The brand needs to go. Yes. You need to become authorized and go through that. But you're in a great position, Maurice, to come on board now, change that mindset of, of Hound Associates and, and help the brand say, maybe we should talk to these guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of great advantages await. Well, great. Well, Maurice, thanks I, again. That we just want to take a different approach. Yep. We are going to dive in the next uh, uh, couple days here, and we're going to really talk about um, how to maybe a little bit different approach, but how to really talk talk within those siloed organizations, yes. how diff different groups, and how to bridge that conversation. So, again, thanks for being part of the company. Thanks for taking the time today. And and uh, if anybody has any questions or wants us to address any topics, uh, you know, as we're starting out this three P podcast and educational series. I know Maurice and I have been doing a lot of talking, a lot of back and forth. We're setting that foundation. Yes. We've got a lot of third-party sellers coming on that we're interviewing. Yep. Manufacturers we're interviewing. Oh, yes. Distributors we're interviewing. And then lawyers we'll be interviewing. That's really going to, we're going to, you know, hopefully in a year, you're going to be able to get everything you need to know about what to do A to Z, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. And it's because of the conversations with you folks that are third-party sellers that have really inspired this. Absolutely. Thanks, Maurice. You got it. Thanks, Dave.